The last few weeks, we've been talking about um, authentic relationships, authentic relationships. And I know you're probably, uh, you can probably say this without looking on the screen, but I want us to look on the screen real quick. And I want us to read our purpose statement aloud. You guys uh, say that with me. Thousand Hills Ranch Church exists to reach the unchurched Western culture with the gospel of Jesus Christ by tearing down religious barriers and building authentic relationships. Let's say it one more time, just to you. Thousand Hills. Great job. You guys are amazing. I give you a hand. I give you a hand. You guys did an awesome job. Well, that is the purpose of our church. And again, that's not my purpose. It's not something we just made up. It is God's purpose. It's the purpose that he's given us. And we see God using this purpose all the time. I believe again, and I'll say this a a lot. I believe again that we have done a great job and God is using us to tear down religious barriers that keep people out of church and out of a relationship with Christ. I believe we've done a great job at that and we will continue to do that, to not set religious barriers that people have to jump through to get to Christ. We want to make Christ accessible to everybody. Amen? We want to make him accessible to everybody. And again, I think we've done an awesome job of doing that. But here's the thing. I believe that we need to grow. And if we're going we're gonna to continue to reach people, we have to build authentic relationships. We have to build authentic relationships. And you say, well, what's that, what's that look like? And we're going we're gonna to kind of unsaddle that here in just a little bit. But if our church is going to continue to reach people, and when the people walk into our doors and we meet them out on the, you know, on the trail or whatever it is, they need to know that we love them and that we want an authentic friendship with them. That's what they need, and that's what we desire to provide. Our key verse for, the, for this whole series has been Proverbs 18.24. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 18.24, it'll be on the screen right there if you don't have your Bible. But here's the key uh, verse It says this, a man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than than a brother. Let me say it again. A man that has friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Listen, and, and for the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at this verse and we've been unpacking it. And the first week we learned that authentic relationships began with God. Remember that? Authentic relationships began with God. It wasn't something, again, Oprah made up or Dr. Phil. It's not something that you just, you know, somebody wrote a book and started it. Authentic relationships began with God. And here's the second part of the foundation. If you're going to have an authentic relationship with God, you have to have an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And so you say, well, how do I have an authentic friendship with my friends? It starts with having an authentic relationship with Christ. That's the foundation, and that's where we start. Well, in the last couple weeks, we've unsaddled a definition of what authentic relationships ought to be. And we've looked at this definition. I want to say it to you today again. Many of you guys have heard it, but listen to this definition. Authentic relationships are intentional, real trustworthy relationships that spur us on to be more like Christ. Authentic relationships are intentional, real, 
trustworthy relationships that spur us on to be more like Christ. And the first word there is intentional. And I believe this is the one, one of the most, uh, I guess, neglected things that we do in, in a lot of churches. We're not intentional. And you say, why do we need to be intentional? You know why? Because Christ was intentional. Christ came to the earth intentionally. He died on the cross intentionally. He gives us a relationship with him intentionally. You know why? Because he wants an authentic relationship with us. And the same is true for us. We have to be intentional in reaching out to each other so that we can develop authentic relationships. The second word is real. We've got to be real. There's no room for superficial people in this church. You don't have to put on a face here. You can be who you are. You can be who God wants you to be. You can be the real deal in the genuine article. And the third word is trustworthy. And we talked about this last week. If we're going to have authentic relationships with each other, we have to be found worthy of trust. And you say, why do we have to be trustworthy? Here's the answer. Because Christ was trustworthy. He was trustworthy. I mean, he, everything he said he was going to do, he did. There's only one promise that he hasn't kept yet, but that he's going to keep. And what is it? He's going to return. And guess what? He's still going to keep that promise because he's still trustworthy. And so we learned those first three words. And today I want to wrap up looking at this definition. Authentic relationships are intentional, real, trustworthy relationships that spur us on to be more like Christ that spur us on to be more like Christ. I'm going to uh, read another scripture, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, and this is where we're going to focus today. It'll be on the screen. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25, it says this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And listen to this, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching. Let's pray together and ask God to speak to our hearts. Lord, we come to you today and we thank you for your word. We thank you for how it teaches us and how if we apply it to our lives that you're going to change us. And Lord, today, as we open it up again and we look at this idea of spurring one another on, may you change us. May it not just be another Sunday where we're numb to everything that's said, but may it be a Sunday where our lives are changed, where you move through your Holy Spirit and you change each one of us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do that today. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. The last part of that definition is trustworthy relationships that spur us on to be more like Christ. Here's the truth. If we're going to have authentic relationships, then we have to spur one another on to be more like Christ. We have to spur one another on to be more like Christ. I have my uh, wife's set of spurs here. How many of you guys own a set of spurs? Anybody own a set of spurs? Good, good. These are my wife's set of spurs. These are uh, made by uh, Campbell's Bits and Spurs. They uh, do a great job. Uh, my wife got these for a Christmas and a birthday and an anniversary present. That's the only way we like to roll. <laughs> and we don't go out to eat anymore either because she got these. No, I'm just kidding. 
But uh, these, are, these are spurs. If you don't uh, know what a spur is, this is a spur. Um, what is this part of the spur, this little round part right here, this big? No, this part. This, it's the heel band, right? It goes on your heel. You see my spurs, how they're on my heel right here? That's called the heel band. You can call it whatever you want, but that's what I call it, a heel band. What's this part right here, this little part that's sticking out right here? Yeah, the shank, right? And what's this little part that rolls right here? The rowel, right? And this little lip right here, what's it do? Yeah, it's a shaft guard. It keeps your shafts from rolling over onto your rowel right there, so it kind of keeps your shafts up. What about this little leather strap right here? What's it called? A spur strap, right? I mean, yeah, that's cool. What about this little deal right here? Anybody know what that's called or anybody call that? A button, right? That's called a button. You, f you put your spur strap through the button. Some of them have like uh, little, uh, oh, the little notches that you can put the spur strap through, but that's called a button. Well, again, spurs, you think, well, why do people use spurs? Some of you guys are, you know, maybe a little more sensitive uh, to, uh, to animals than, than some. And you think, well, you know, spurs are just for torture. I mean, why do people wear spurs? I mean, they just, you know, I mean, it's all about torture and torturing a, a horse to do what you want him to do. Well, here's the truth. Some would say that they're, you know, inhumane or whatever, but here's the truth. It's not the spur that's inhumane. It's the cowboy that rides. Think about it. All you PETA lovers, God bless you. <laughs> but here's the truth. Here's the truth. It's not, it doesn't uh, matter what kind of spurs a cowboy wears. It's the cowboy that can make it a torturous tool. Just like a knife, just like a gun, we want to get rid of guns. We want to get rid of all the, you know, all the guns in the world. It's not the guns that kill people. It's people that kill people. Think about that. I'm, I'm being a politician today, right? Anybody want to vote for me? Put me on the ballot. <laughs> but here's the truth. Why do we use spurs? Spurs are used to aid in cueing our horse. And you say, well, what's a good cowboy? Uh, why, why does he ride spurs? It's an aid to cue our horse. A good cowboy has other aids, right? What are some other aids? Legs. They use their legs, not just their spurs. They use their seat. They use their hands. They use their voice to cluck or kiss or to say whoa rather than spurring or doing those other things. The spur is an added cue that helps a horse move forward, lateral, or stop. And that's why you have spurs. It's a tool to encourage a horse to go in the direction that you want him to go. Well, today I have my friend Robert Hunter. Give it up for Robert. Robert is our, our cowboy reiner, and, and Robert trains reining horses, does a great job with them. He was in our first colt starting competition, and I think he got robbed. I think he should have won. Anybody there? I'm looking at the judge right up there. But uh, he, he started a colt for us uh, in the competition, and it did a phenomenal job, and, and uh, in the finale, we did a, just a magnificent job, really good. Well, Robert's going to, he, he trains reining horses. Him and his family, they get to ride reining horses. How many of you guys have ever been to a reining horse competition? Anybody? It's beautiful to watch. I mean, they're, they're really awesome to watch. The World Championship uh, reining horse or the AQHA World Championship or ranch, or whatever you want to call it, show is coming up, actually, I think in November. And so you guys need to get, need to get down there and check it out. But here, this is Robert. And I want Robert uh, to do something for us today. He's going to show us a certain uh, few maneuvers with his horse. What's your horse's name? Chick? Little Chick. All right. Is she a smart Chickalina? 
comes from that, yeah? Cool. This is Chick, and Chick is obviously a reigning horse, and I want to have him show us a few maneuvers without using his spurs, okay? And then I want you to see the difference. I'm going to try to get out of the way. I want you to see the difference once he tries to start using his spurs. So show us a few maneuvers. No spurs, right? Just a little leg there, a little seat movement, right, Robert? Is that what you're doing? You're putting a little pressure in the seat and your leg? Yep, calf. Yep. There's a turn around. How's that? You guys give him a hand. That's good stuff right there. Now, again, he's not using any of his spurs to do any of that. He's using leg pressure. He's using his reins. He's using his voice. He's clucking at that horse, and, he's, and he's, he's doing a really good job. But now, Robert, I want you to show us what it looks like when you add a little pressure with your spurs. Look at that. You guys see the difference? The horse moves a little bit better. Let's see a little spin here with the spur. Good job, yeah. <clears throat> Show us the right turn there. Maybe. She's like, this is slick. Woo! Good job, man. Now, you guys notice that, again, he, he could do whatever he wanted to without his spurs, but what did his spurs allow that horse to do? Move faster, move quicker. I mean, it, it made it uh, re more responsive. Well, here's the point, and I want you to get this. Spiritually speaking, on our own, we can do a lot, right? On our own, we can do a lot of things. We can serve people. We can love people. We can get some jobs done. But here's the truth. But having an authentic friend that spurs us on, guess what? It helps us get through things faster. It helps us be more responsive to God and helps us stay headed in the right direction. Think about that. When you have someone spurring you on to do what's right, you can get there quicker and you can perform better. Hebrews 10, 24, look at it again. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The key word there is toward. Do you see that? It's toward. If we got friends that can help us move toward what God wants us to do, we can get there faster. If we need to move forward, an authentic friend can help us move forward. If we need to take a step back, an authentic friend can help us do that as well. And so in other words, here's the, here's the point. Authentic friends are the spur that helps us cue our life in the right direction. That's what a friend does. And that's what the verse is telling us to do. And you say, okay, Bo, how do we do that? How do we spur one another on? I'm going to give you uh, three things. You ready for these? Write these down. Are you guys with me today? Come on, let's wake up. Do I need to clap in your face? Do I need to throw my hat? Hit you in the nose or something? That's not very nice, is it? Here's number one. How do we spur each other on to be more like Christ? Number one is this. By offering cues of encouragement. Number one. 
by offering cues of encouragement. Authentic friends are encouraging. They not only encourage us to be a better person, but they encourage us to be more like Christ. It's not just a, yeah, you can be a better person. You can live a better life. No, it's not a self-help thing. It's about being more like Christ. Look at uh, verse 24. It it should be on there still. The first words there are, and let us consider. You know what that phrase implies, let us consider? It It implies that we have to think about it. Let's consider this. Let's think about what we ought to do. Let's consider what we can do to be an encouragement. We need to to come up with ways that we can encourage each other to be more like Christ. You know what that shows me? That we have to be intentional. Now, here's the question. Do you ever think about ways that you can be an encouragement to your friends? Do you ever think about it? I mean, again, if you're going to be an authentic friend, it's got to be intentional. And one of the things I think we do more often than not is we don't think about encouraging our friends, which is sad, right? I mean, you got all these good friends, but you kind of just go through life, and they never really know what you feel about them until they die or until they get sick. And that's when you tell them truly how you feel about them. Listen, when was the last time you thought about sending a text to one of your friends and just saying, hey, bud, I'm praying for you? Hey, I know you're going through a hard time, and I just want to let you know I'm here. Hey, you're, you're hurting financially? Let me give you some help. Hey, you're, you're doubting something, or you're going through a hard time? Let me give you some words of wisdom from the Word of God so that you can be a better friend and so that you can love Christ. How many times do we think about that? We should think about it, and, and, and it's, a, it's just a, a benefit of being an authentic friend. Here's, here's what encouragement does. Look at Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13. It says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You see what that's saying? It says, Let us encourage one another day, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. You know what encouragement does? It helps us not be hardened by sin. When I can encourage you and build you up, it helps you not fall into sin. The truth is, all of us can be hardened by sin. All of us can become numb to what is wrong, and we can take the wrong trail towards selfishness and sin. But here's the thing. The, the, through the encouragement of a friend, we can spur each other on to become more like this, more willing to love when we want to hate, more willing to do good when it's easier to do what's bad, more willing to live for Christ when it's easier to live for the world, more willing to work for him or to perform for him when it's easier to perform for the world. And you say, well, you know, how's how's all this parallel? Love and good deeds, here's the truth, happen faster when we have an authentic friend spurring us on through encouragement. It's just the way, I mean, it's just the truth. When I feel encouraged by my friends, guess what? I perform better. When you call me and say, hey, Bo, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Guess what? I preach better. And some of you guys, some of you guys need to call more often. <laughs> but when I know that you're encouraging and that you're building one another up, or when you know your friends are encouraging you and building you up, listen, you perform better. You live better. You serve better. And so how do, we, how do we spur one another on to be more like Christ? We do it by giving cues of encouragement. Here's the second thing. 
We spur one another on to be more like Christ by sharpening each other. By sharpening each other. Listen to Proverbs 27, 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. What happens to a knife when, when it gets used all the time, but it doesn't get sharpened? What happens to it? It dulls, right? What happens to a knife if you leave it out in the wrong elements? What happens to it? It rusts. It erodes. It begins to, to corrode. And you may say, well, not if it's stainless, right? Some of you guys that know knives, well, not if it's stainless. But here's the truth. Here's the point. That may work for a knife, but humans, guess what? We can be stained. We can be stained by sin, and we can all erode and be stained by the sin in our lives. Here's the thing. Without authentic friends to sharpen us, we can become like that knife. We can become dull in our walk with Christ. We can become rusty in our walk with Christ, and we can be eroded. But the idea of a knife against another iron or against a whetstone or against a leather strap, and it's the same for us. If we rub shoulders with each other, if we fellowship with each other, if we're intentionally setting aside time to think about and to talk about things of the Lord, we can sharpen each other. We can sharpen each other. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It, said, it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. You know what that's saying? Let's spend time together. It says, don't give up meeting together as some are in their habit of doing. You know when people fall into sin the most? It's when they're not hanging out with their friends that love Jesus. You ever thought about that? Here's, here's a truth that I learned a long time ago. Sin always separates. Think about it. Sin always separates. If Again, I've said this before, but if I see you in a Walmart or if I see you going down the road and you ignore me, guess what I, I know that maybe is going on in your life? You're not doing something right. <laughs> it's, the, it's the preacher. And I saw the preacher, and what do you do? You go, dang it. You know, but here's the thing. Sin always separates. What we tend to want to do when, we live in, when we're living in sin and do things, what do we do? We separate. We stop coming to church. We stop hanging out with the people that love us. We stop hanging out with all of our Christian friends. But here's the thing. If we're going to remain sharp, we have to remain in authentic relationships with one another. If you're going to be spurred on to be more like Christ, you have to be in fellowship with other Christians. And you say, how do we become sharper? Sharper at what? Let me give you a couple things. Authentic relationships help us become sharper in God's word. A good friend will feed you this when you need fed. A good friend will show you what you need to hear in the word of God rather than what you want to hear. Right? That's what a good friend will do. When we get together and we talk about God's word together, we sharpen each other. You say, give me some examples of that. When you come to church and afterward you go eat and you talk about the sermon that you heard in church today, guess what it does? It sharpens you. When you call one of your friends and you say, hey, let's do breakfast in the morning. And you, when you get together for breakfast, you talk about what God's teaching you or what you're going through and how God's working in your life. Guess what that does? It sharpens you. 
When you uh, go to a women's event or a men's event in our church and you sit around a campfire and you talk about the Word of God, guess what that does? It sharpens you. You say, I'm dull, Bo. I'm dull. I'm rusty. I'm eroding really quickly. Listen, you need to get into some fellowship with some good Christian men or women so that they can work off that rust and make you sharp again. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 says this, These commandments that I give you today are, are to be upon your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. You know what that's saying? The, the Word of God needs to be in our conversations everywhere we go. And we need to be speaking the Word of God to each other so that we can remain sharp. Here's the second thing. Authentic friends help us to become sharper in our witness. You say, well, what's a witness? Well, it's just like, you know, you think of a, a witness in a court, you know, case or whatever. A witness is somebody that has experienced something or seen something and tells what they saw, right? As a Christian, guess what? We're to be witnesses, we're to be witnesses to our friends. We're to be witnesses to the unchurched. We're to be witnesses in the world. And all throughout the Bible, you see men and women doing this witnessing together. Think about it. From the beginning of time, Adam and Eve did it together. Abraham and, I and Sarah, they did it together. Joseph and Mary did it together. Paul and Barnabas, Peter and John, Jesus, Peter, James, and John, they all are famous friendships that spurred one another to reach the world. And that's what they did. And guess what? Because they did it together, thousands and millions of people have accepted Christ into their life. Listen, we have to remain sharp at being a witness. And the only way that we can do that is having authentic friendships. Here's the third thing, and I'm done today. How can we spur one another on? Here's the third thing, and I want you to get this, because for me, this is something that's really missing. Here's the third thing. By holding each other accountable. By holding each other accountable. Now, I don't know, again, if you don't ride horses, you may not understand this, but when you see a horse loping, and they're in the wrong lead, it's ugly. I mean, you ride reining horses. If you get into a wrong lead in your pattern, don't you get docked for that? A zero, right? And you say, well, what's the wrong lead? It's, it's when, you're, when the front foot is moving in the, in, and you're going the wrong direction. And I don't know how to explain it really. But you're, you're in the wrong lead with the front feet. And we can't show it to you because there's not enough room. But here's the truth. When you see a horse that's loping in the wrong lead, it's ugly, it looks stupid. And guess what? When you're riding a horse that's in the wrong lead, it, it doesn't feel right. But here's the truth. It, through using a spur, I can get my horse to switch leads. I can get him headed in the right direction. I can hold my horse accountable and help him make the necessary change to get into the right lead. It's the same for us. The same is true for every Christian. One of the greatest qualities of an authentic friend is offering accountability. It's offering accountability. It's, it's showing people that they need to stick to their commitments. Think about it. I've seen a lot of people commit to marriages. I've seen a lot of people commit to jobs. I've seen a lot of people commit to friendships or make a commitment to serve in the church. But because they weren't held accountable, guess what? They didn't stick to their commitment. 
I believe, listen to this, I believe that through authentic friendships, we can hold each other accountable and keep people from walking down that wrong trail. You say, how do you know that? Because the Word of God tells me. Look at it. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. It says, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him what? What's the word? Gently. Again, we use spurs gently to get the job done. We are to restore them gently, but watch yourself or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens and in the same way you fulfill the law of Christ. Look at James chapter 5, verse 19 and 20. It says, my brothers, if anyone should wander from the truth, someone should bring him back. Remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. You know what that's saying? It's saying we need to hold each other accountable. And you say, again, Bo, how, how do I do that? Well, again, you got to be friends. I don't hold people accountable to things that, when I don't know them. You know, you don't, you don't just walk up, and again, it's not your spiritual gift to hold everybody accountable. You got to be friends. They got to know that you love them. They got to know that you're not perfect. It's like we talked about being trustworthy. They got to be able to trust you with their heart. And so again, we're to hold each other accountable. And you say, oh, I, I don't need anybody to hold me accountable. If you don't need anybody to hold you accountable, guess what? You're setting yourself up for failure. In my life, because I've, I've had some great friends that were bold enough and gutsy enough to say, Bo, you're wrong and you need to change. You know what they did when they said that to me? They saved me from an another sin. And you need that authentic friend to hold you accountable. In other words, if you make a commitment, I can help you keep that commitment. If you make, uh, uh, you know, make a, a decision and you're, you're, you want to do something, I can help you do that. I mean, it's as simple as you want to lose weight? Tell me that you want to lose weight. I'll help hold you accountable. I need to lose weight, so I need all of you to help me to be held accountable. Listen, it's as easy as that, but it's the truth. If we're going to become more like Christ, we've got to do it together. If we're going to grow and sh be sharp in his word, we've got to do it together. If we're going to be effective in our Christian witness, we've got to do it together. If we're going to love others and do good works, we've got to do it together. Amen? We've got to do it together. And you say, why are you in such an urgent voice? Why are you so worried about this? Look at the last verse. Verse 25. Keep going. Hebrews 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You say, well, what's the day approaching? Guess what it is? It's Christ coming back. Remember, it's the only promise that he hasn't fulfilled, but guess what? He's trustworthy and he's going to fulfill that promise. So here's my question for you. Are you sharp? and ready to go? Are you encouraging your friends? Are you giving them cues of encouragement that hold them and help them remain in the right direction? Are you holding them accountable so that they don't fall into sin and, and ruin their life? I hope that you're doing that because that's what an authentic friend does. Let's pray together.
with your head bowed and your eyes closed. I want you to think about this. What kind of friend are you? Are you the kind of friend that spurs your other friends on to be more like Christ? Are you encouraging? Do you help sharpen your friends in the word or in their witness? Listen, you can go through this life and you can, you know, have good friends, you can have a good time, but listen, a true, authentic friend will help their friends be more like Christ. And you say, Bo, I don't know how to do that myself. Listen, if you don't know how to do that yourself, if you don't know how to grow in Christ yourself, this is why our church is here. We're here to help you grow in Christ. But here's the thing. Today, you have been equipped to be a better friend. And so you might say, well, I don't know how. Yeah, you do. You've heard it today. You can be an encouragement. You can, you can hold your friends accountable in gentleness and in love. You can sharpen each other. You've just got to make a commitment to do that. And so maybe that's you today. Maybe that you're that kind of friend that needs to step up and say, okay, we're just going through this thing called life together, and we're not really growing in anything. I want to turn our friendship toward Christ so that we can grow, so that we can not fall into sin. Maybe it's time for you to be intentional in reaching out to your friends. Here's the other thing. Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I don't even have one good friend. I don't have one good friend. Maybe it's you today that needs to hear this. There is a friend that will never leave you, never forsake you. There's a friend that will love you unconditionally, and his name is Jesus. And guess what? He wants a friendship with you. And you say, no, but I've done too much. I, I've done too much. I, 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 he can't forgive me of my sin. Yes, he can. And he wants to. And he died on a cross just for you. And you say, well, Bo, how do I I begin that authentic relationship with, with Jesus? Listen, you give him your heart. You give him your life. And you just say to him in your heart, you say, Lord, I I believe that you're the savior of the world. And I want to confess you as my savior today. Maybe you need to do that right there in your seat and you just need to say, okay, Lord, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of being alone. I'm tired of doing things my own way and I need you in my life. Listen, he wants to be your friend. He wants to forgive you of your sin. He wants you to move past your past. And so I encourage you to give your life to him today. Maybe you made that decision right now. Here's all we ask you to do. Fill out an orange sheet, place it in the offering bucket, and that way we can contact you. That's how, we, that's how we'll, we'll come alongside of you and help you grow in your friendship with Christ. And you say, Bo, I need friends. I, I know Christ. I need some authentic friends. Here's my, my encouragement to you. Join a team. Join a team. There's no better way to get to know people than serving alongside of them. 
and I encourage you to do that. Maybe you need to come to the adult Bible study on Wednesday night and eat with us, fellowship with us, rub shoulders with us so that you can have some authentic friendships. I would encourage you to do that. Lord, I come to you right now and I thank you for being the authentic friend that we need. When everybody else has failed us, when everybody else has turned their back on us, when everybody else has said they don't want anything to do with us, listen, you have always been there for us. And we praise you for that. Lord, you paid a debt that you didn't know. We owed the debt, but you paid it for us. And so we give you the glory. And we thank you for being that authentic friend to us. And Lord, we, help, we, we pray that you would help us be that authentic friend to others. Lord, we give you all the glory, and it's in your holy name I pray. Amen.